Welcome to the latest installment of The Curious Capitalist. The Curious Capitalist is a series of podcasts where we take the opportunity to not only speak to board members from the Conscious Capitalism Connecticut chapter, but also local business owners, startups and entrepreneurs from across the state of Connecticut. Welcome to episode 17 of The Curious Capitalist. On today's episode, we have the pleasure of speaking with Lynn Stoddard. Lynn is the Executive Director of Sustainable CT. Welcome along to The Curious Capitalist then, Lynn. Tell me a little bit about Sustainable CT. Yes, well, thanks for having me. Sustainable CT is a program developed by towns, for towns in Connecticut. And we're looking to help our communities become better places to live, work, and play. We do that through a roadmap of best practices or actions that towns can take to become more sustainable. We provide also tools and funding to help towns implement these actions. And then we provide visibility and recognition for the great things towns are doing through a certification program. Not too much then. You you keep very busy, Lynn. (laughs) We do. Tell me about some of your most recent projects that have really caught your attention that you've really been kind of proud of. Well, I'll give you a little more background on the basics of our program and then give you some illustrations with some projects. Basically, I say to people, imagine a great town or city that you've visited or maybe the one you live in and all the things that make that an amazing place to live or to visit or to work. So when we talk about sustainable CT, our definition of sustainability is very broad. It includes thriving, robust, vibrant businesses. It includes an arts and culture component. It includes easy ways to get around through biking, walking, transit. It includes affordable and diverse types of housing. And also the traditional environmental qualities that we think of, stewardship of natural resources, clean energy, energy efficiency, and really most importantly as a foundational piece, Sustainable CT, our actions and our program focuses on places where all people feel like they belong. So we have a strong foundation in inclusion and diversity and equity and feel that it's really important for making high quality of life for all people, for defining what makes a community great, includes this richness of a community that includes diverse populations and that people can benefit from that variety and learning from people who may not be exactly like them. So a broad platform. But a great platform to work from so many different angles. That's fantastic. Yeah, it's really, um, it's great because there's kind of something for anyone who's passionate about helping make their community a better place if they care about agriculture or business or arts or housing. We have parts of our program that represent all of those. And we're really based on community engagement. So towns and cities who register for Sustainable CT, which is a free program, then begin to work on actions within this roadmap of actions we provide in all these components of sustainability and kind of find other people who are like-minded that want to help improve communities in many of these areas. So the breadth of our platform is great because we believe sustainability encompasses all those things. It's also great because towns can kind of enter into our program because they are really passionate about solar or clean energy. And then once they 
engage with sustainable CT and understand the breadth of our platform, that interest in solar energy is a door that opens them to actions that might improve their local business community or their cleaner transportation systems. So we have a flexibility where towns kind of enter where they are passionate about, and then in order to get certified, they have to demonstrate activity and initiatives in the broad range of categories, but they choose which action within that category. So some more concrete examples. The roadmap and the types of things that towns are doing span from the natural resource areas, providing watershed education to the community, creating rain gardens into arts and culture areas, mapping tourism and cultural assets so people understand both residents and those coming to visit what your town has to offer, supporting um, arts and creative culture in your community. We have some actions around um, forward-thinking land use planning, so integrating sustainability into uh, land use plans and zoning. We have actions in complete streets around transportation, which means streets are accessible and safe and comfortable for all users, bicyclists, pedestrians, transit, as well as drivers of vehicles. Towns are also taking actions in housing category. So I'm looking to expand housing options from just maybe having a majority of single family homes to variety, uh, multifamily homes, smaller homes, larger homes, diverse and affordable housing types that are also energy efficient and healthy. So some of the concrete examples, we help fund sustainability projects in communities that are community-led projects. And I'd love to get into how we've designed that a little more, but some examples of some of these projects going right now, which I find are really inspiring. In New Haven, the Neighborhood Housing Services of New Haven is running a project with basically a residential energy efficiency concierge. So they're working with going door to door to homeowners, helping them identify and implement energy and cost saving measures for their homes and going back and kind of tracking that. So you might be aware the state and the um, utilities have a lot of programs to improve energy efficiency in our businesses yeah, and yeah, homes. Absolutely. Not all residents are aware of those or how to connect with them. So this project in New Haven is kind of like this door to door, really locally based handholding of residents to help them understand how to engage with these cost-saving measures. And in fact, it's other towns have been looking at replicating it. We have a lot of projects where folks in towns are planting trees. We have some of that going on in um, New London, another tree planting project in New Haven, which is also a job training, a green job training project. So helping train folks who have recently come out of incarceration in uh, tree planting and uh, landscaping and that kind of thing. That's brilliant. Um, we have some other green job training program around getting youth and high school students involved in solar energy. We have some energy efficiency projects going on at senior housing in Coventry. We have a bunch of projects dealing with waste management that we're supporting. So school composting in Greenwich, 
We have uh, school cafeterias in West Hartford and in Stanford that are going to reusable lunch trays that can be washed rather than disposable. Fantastic. That's a great one. Yeah. We have a town of Bristol putting in 13 permanent outdoor classrooms wow. in other schools, which started before COVID. I was going to say, wanted... <laughs> that's yeah. going to be very useful for Corona, post-Corona. Well, if there's such a thing as post-Corona time, certainly going to be helpful. Yeah, I'm really excited about that one because they've started building the classrooms and have this model that now I think will be of much uh, more interest to many schools in our state because of COVID and social distancing. So yeah, those are some examples of some of the things going on around the state that are just really interesting. There's some fantastic projects going on around Connecticut that's such, such rich uh, and diverse projects that help not only communities, but people who want to get involved with making their communities even better. Some exciting stuff there, Lynn, very exciting. So tell me a little bit about how you got involved in this. How did you get to this point in your career? I've been working in the environmental field for a couple decades. I worked for many years at the Connecticut Department of Energy and Environmental Protection in lots of different programs, coastal area management, land use planning, pollution prevention, recycling, climate change policy, and so on. And I got a chance about six years ago to head up this Institute for Sustainable Energy at Eastern Connecticut State University. So that's where I am now. Sustainable CT is run by this Institute for Sustainable Energy at Eastern. And it was an opportunity for me to kind of weave together a lot of these interests and passions I've had within various aspects of sustainability and bring it to a place where I felt we have the most leverage and ability to create change, and that is the local level in our towns and communities and neighborhood. So about five years ago, we pulled a bunch of mayors together and got their input on a vision for a program that would help them create more sustainable, livable, healthy communities. And it evolved into building this program called Sustainable CT, which now has as we've said, this roadmap map of actions, tools and supports to implement them, and certification to give the towns visibility for what they've done. So I guess this is really kind of a really exciting compilation of my career, bringing so many different pieces together, and now being able to work in a program that's really exciting and engage towns across the state in a really broad broad look at sustainability that's driven by local action and local vision. And ultimately will make a real difference to these communities that you're working with. Fantastic stuff. Um, what do you wish you'd known before you started out on this career path? I guess, I don't know if it's exactly what I wished I had known. Maybe just having a little bit of patience in my career early on to understand that every experience is a really valuable learning experience. Even if you're in a job or a position that feels like this isn't allowing me to do what I can truly contribute to the world, you're learning some really amazing things that will 
help you later on. So I mentioned I was at the state, I was working in a regulatory agency in a non-regulatory position, but a culture that, you know, regulates, that wasn't an exact fit for who I am. Although I found many places within that organization to do great work on a voluntary basis. It was also really important to understand how environmental rules are created and regulated to just understand that part of the world. So I guess the, the short story on that question is being patient and realizing <laughs> that taking what you can from every experience as a building block towards who knows what's coming in the future. Exactly. Now with this having such a, a wide breadth of different projects that you're working on across the state, surely you don't do this all on your own. Tell me a little bit about your team that you have. Yes, we have a small but mighty team. We're based at the Institute for Sustainable Energy out at Eastern Connecticut State University. And the magic of doing so much with such a small team is a couple things. First, the Sustainable CT platform, all the roadmap of actions we've talked about, is supported with technical assistance from like over 30 partner organizations throughout the state. So for example, actions related to spurring clean energy in our communities is supported through the Connecticut Green Bank, because many of them are programs of the Green Bank. Many of the housing actions and initiatives are supported by the content experts at the Partnership for Strong Communities. Our resilience building climate vulnerability actions are supported with technical workshops by the Nature Conservancy. So we've woven together this vast network of partners that share our vision for sustainable communities that help support in the content areas, which is great. Those partners also are on our expert review panel for certification. So we have many organizations looking at the submissions that come in from towns to award certification. So that's one part of our secret. The second secret we have to getting all this work done with a small team is we have a program called the Sustainable CT Fellowship Program, which employs college students that live or study in Connecticut full-time for the summer to help towns hands-on with sustainable CT implementation, submission for certification, and so on. So currently we have 13 really smart, passionate college students wow. working with towns throughout the state, and we embed them in our regional offices of our, the regional planning offices, the Council of Governments, which are also our partners. Obviously this year it's virtual, but each fellow is working through a Council of Governments, which is a place where towns meet regularly and come to for assistance. So it's a really powerful program that's providing both support for towns from the fellows and building up this pipeline of workforce development in Connecticut of young college students that have now had amazing experiences working with municipal officials and other stakeholders. And in fact, two of our fellows from last summer have been hired, one by the city of Waterbury and one by the Northeast Council of Governments as a regional planner, directly as a result of the fellowship and many oh, more. Brilliant 
the experience obviously is paving the way for professional opportunities and development. So how did you first hear about or get involved with conscious capitalism here in Connecticut? I was connected to Glenn McDermott by another partner, the Connecticut Sustainable Business Council, Heather Burns, and she thought that we should meet. So I uh, had a conversation with Glenn a couple of weeks ago. He was interested in sustainable CT. I learned more about conscious capitalism and certainly great alignment between our organizations in this deep concept of sustainability, which is kind of beyond performance simply and environmental action, but really getting into change, engaging community equity and social justice, as well as traditional environmental components. So I feel like I'm really glad that we connected and I'm eager to learn much more as we move on. Fantastic. It's a nice fit. One of the things that's discussed, obviously, in conscious capitalism is companies and businesses and organizations having a stated higher purpose. Would you say that sustainable CT has a stated higher purpose? And what language would you use to describe it? I would certainly agree that we share that goal of a stated higher purpose. And I guess it kind of comes down to our why. Why do we exist? What are we here for? And that is to help make our communities great places to live, work, play, visit for everyone now and in the future. That's kind of it in a nutshell. That's why we're here. And a subcomponent of that why is making, uh, bringing a positive image to Connecticut and a hope for the future. And another really important subcomponent is living within our means on this planet. Yeah, I couldn't agree more with that one for sure. If you could snap your fingers and make one cultural change at Sustainable CT, what would it be and why? One cultural change at Sustainable CT. I feel like we are really fortunate. We have an amazing team. Our program is completely independently funded. So we've had some very generous and forward-thinking funders along the journey, which we're expanding all the time. So a cultural change. One thing we're working on right now is telling our story more effectively. And thanks for the opportunity to do that through this podcast. We are working with a communications consultant, and we also have an opportunity with Connecticut Public with an episode that will be airing September on sustainable communities in Connecticut and positive stories about that. So what we're trying to, it's not necessarily a cultural change, but expand our culture and our organizational capacity to harvest all of these great stories of what's happening in towns that are reaching out to be certified or already achieved certification and doing fantastic things to improve their communities and get the word out there um, more broadly and tell the story more effectively. We've had a storytelling workshop with our team and we're working on some better strategy around communications. That's something I really hope to improve to be able to show the impact and really lift up these municipal leaders and residents who are doing amazing things. What methods do you use to measure the success of the projects that you you undertake? Our very basic metrics are about kind of the number of towns engaged and what they've achieved. So 
We've been running just under three years, and of the 169 municipalities in Connecticut, 110 are registered and participating in sustainable CT. So that's wow. That's 65% of the towns and representing over 80% of the population in the state. In terms of certification, 48 towns and cities have achieved certification. So that's over a quarter of all our towns and cities. It's not an easy lift. I'm sure the businesses at Conscious Capitalism are aware of LEED for buildings and other certification programs. Uh, Sustainable CT is similar in that to get certified, you have to document and substantiate that you've accomplished these sustainability actions. So 48 towns certified in just our first two years is, we feel like that's amazing. It exceeded the expectations of our board. That is huge. It's absolutely huge. If a company or an organization came to you and wanted to, to make a shift towards consciousness what would your advice be to them my advice is is slanted towards um community focus which i'm sure is what businesses are interested in i think that change at the local level is what's going to help us win in the climate crisis and also in the crises around public health and health and equitable communities. So I guess the advice I would say for a business is just understanding and valuing and recognizing investment in community and the specifics for that, I mentioned that we have these projects happening in towns all over Connecticut, tree planting, green jobs, training programs, and so on. Those are all through our community match fund. And that program, it's a shift in power dynamics. We didn't want to run a traditional municipal grants program where the mayor or the town planner decides what the town needs. They apply to us. We decide if we like that, we give money. Lengthy process. We're all familiar with grants and how kind of time consuming assuming that can be, we've shifted to a very responsive, quick, flexible model that is driven bottom up rather than top down. So instead of saying to town mayors, please apply for this grant, we say to community members, what's your dream for your community? What needs to happen here? We're going to help you lift that dream. So say, Claire, you live in the town of East Hartford and you want to see a bike lane there. Um, You would say, "Ah, I want to help make a bike lane happen. I know there are other people interested in this. We say, great. We're going to help with that. We're going to set you up with our community match fund, which is will develop, help you develop a snapshot of your vision and what your project is for this bike lanes. We'll put it on our crowdfunding platform. We will help you understand and coach you in crowdfunding. And you will talk to your neighbors and friends and other people in your community and say, is this a good thing for our town? And get them involved in volunteering and or donating a few dollars towards this sustainable CT. In addition to coaching you in crowdfunding and hosting this platform online, we will match every dollar you raise. 
Wow. In the first 10 months, we invested $740,000 in 54 different projects in 47 towns throughout Connecticut through this, uh, what we feel is a pretty innovative way to pass money into towns and for community-led projects. And anyone who's been involved in Kickstarter or any crowdfunding, you know that it's not like a lengthy process. People see what your idea is through visuals and a quick description. When that resonates, they become engaged and participate in it and donate money or, you know, donate volunteer time. And then your project is off and running in a couple months. And so we see donors from the neighbor who can put in $5 to a local business who's willing to put in a few thousand dollars for a project that will really enrich the community. I love that. It gives so much creative freedom to people to really get hands on and make a difference in their communities. It's got my uh, creative juices flowing, so to speak, thinking of all the ideas of what does Milford need? What, what, what does Milford really need right now? Love that. So tell me, Lynn, when you're not working and focused on changing the world, town by town, what do you do to relax? TV, sports, what do you do for fun? For fun, I garden. Uh, we actually had a small farm for many years where we raised uh, pasture-raised meat as well as a lot of vegetables. Now we've scaled back a bit, so it's a vegetable garden and some chickens that are laying eggs for us. I love to bicycle uh, when we're in non-telecommuting mode and <laughs> I'm working on Eastern's campus. I am able to ride my bike to work uh, in the nice weather. I love hiking and being out in nature. My husband and I actually started our own sustainable business a number of years ago up here in, in Mansfield, Connecticut, in stores just near the Yukon campus, which is the Adventure Park at Stores. It's a high ropes course and zip Wow, cool. Bring people out into beautiful New England forests to enjoy nature and get some healthy exercise. Oh, fantastic. You keep very busy both in your uh, professional and your personal life. So let's learn a little bit more about you. If you could have dinner with any figure in history, who might it be and why? What questions do you think you'd, you'd want to ask them? I think at the moment, that question is going to be a different answer depending on the day or the week. <laughs> at this moment, I would love to have dinner with my grandmother, who was a Southern woman, lived in Mississippi at a very different time than we are now. Mm -hmm. I would love to sit down around the dinner table and have a really open, candid conversation about racism and what things were like in her time yeah. and how she saw the world as a white Southern woman living in Clarksdale, Mississippi in oh, cotton country. Wouldn't it be fascinating? What has been your greatest success, both professionally, but also personally as well? Your greatest success? That is quite a question, Claire. Well, that's my I job. Would... <laughs> <laughs> I would say my greatest success professionally has been Sustainable CT. I couldn't be more proud of our team and our partners and all the communities and the amazing accomplishments. And I see Sustainable CT just kind of as a vessel and a platform 
to lift up, to knit together partnerships of organizations with amazing vision and commitment and support for our communities and to celebrate all that's happening in these communities. So that has been a true honor and I feel really lucky to be in this place at this time to have been able to help cultivate this program. What about personally? Personally, my greatest success? Wow. I guess we often go back to our nuclear family for that. Pretty proud of my two kids. They are grown up and doing great things in the world and living very true to their convictions and what they believe in. And I'm Mm. super proud of them. As you should be, as you should be. What has been your greatest fear that you've ever had to face in your life? My greatest fear, I'm the kind of person who tries to zoom way out. So of course there are fears about our own physical bodies and mortality. I don't, that's just natural. So I don't, I don't consider that a huge greatest fear, although it's preoccupation certainly from time to time. I think my greatest fear is what homo sapiens are doing to not only the planet, but our interactions within our own species and some of the less beautiful parts of human beings that manifest themselves in hatred and racism and uh, just an extreme focus on our own species rather than the impacts on other species and the whole ecosystem. That's That's a preoccupation and a fear that we really may not be smart enough to get out of our own way and truly understand and rectify that. I think that's a totally valid fear for sure. So tell me a little bit about the plans. What are your plans both personally and professionally for the next five or 10 years? My plans professionally, I am, as I said, Sustainable CT is almost three years old, so we're still a baby. The organization has been through kind of the startup and the initial development. Um, We're in a growth period, so my goal professionally and for the organization is to get us on a solid ground of solid funding, a trajectory towards holding to our core of what our program is and the why of helping, you know, making our communities um, healthier, better places for everyone to live. Holding to that core and growing, you know, strategically. We're doing some strategic planning right now. So we're just at a really exciting time of having come out of like, let's develop, launch this program and get it solid. So we have a rigorous certification system and we're meeting town's needs to, okay, now let's really stabilize the organization itself, ensure our own sustainability and look to what that requires for the future in terms of our own governance or organizational stability and the value of our program to communities. Mm. What about personally for the next five or 10 years? Expand your high ropes course or uh, <laughs> travel the world? Tell me, what, what, what would you like uh, to do personally? Maybe some of that. I do <laughs> love to travel. It's a different world now traveling and I don't know how that's going to look. It's tricky. 
although I don't do a ton of travel just because I'm working so much and that's based in Connecticut, I've certainly, I know all of us have learned a lot from COVID and continue to learn that being present and in the place you are and really appreciating that is a huge thing. And I would like to continue being able to do that. I took up um, birding as COVID started, telecommuting here, fortunate to be surrounded by some beautiful forest land. I'd always wanted to learn more about all these little creatures I hear singing outside my window. So it's been fun to slow down a little bit, pause a bit, and spend the early morning getting out in the woods and learning more about the birds and the nature that live out there. Before I start my telecommuting, sitting at the computer for the most part. So I guess I'll just continue to absorb and go with the flow of uh, this crazy ride that's pretty unpredictable of what we will and won't be able to do safely in the next few years. Absolutely. Uh, obviously, I'm a Brit. We have something called the RSPB, which is the Royal Society for the Protection of Birds. And uh, when coronavirus first happened, this is very rather embarrassing for Brits, and uh, they were in a semi-lockdown they reported something like a 50 or 60% increase in telephone calls to the RSPB asking them what was going on with the birds because they could hear them. Oh they my could goodness. actually hear them. And also there's been more bird activity, you know, during these, uh, these times with less aeroplanes and less, less noise. And in England, by the way, you would be called a twitcher. A bird watcher <laughs> is called a twitcher. I shared that with my family the other day and they looked at me as if I was insane. So uh, twitching is, uh, is, your, is your new personal Twitching. hobby. Yes. Well, that's good because I'm not much of a Twitter or tweeter. I'd rather be twitching. <laughs> It's a great new word. Thanks, Claire. It's a pleasure. <laughs> Every day is a school day. So there you go. to wrap up, tell me, how can people get involved with Sustainable CT? How do they find out more about you and your company? Do you have a website, social media platforms? Yes. www.sustainablect.org is our website and our social media platforms at Sustainable CT. Love to have people get involved. There are a number of ways get involved in your community and kind of helping create the vision for how your community will grow by being part of your sustainability team, your local sustainability team, and or start a community match fund project for something you've always wanted to have happen in your community. And it can be a series of events on opening people's minds and hearts to an idea about sustainability that you have, as well as a concrete thing like community gardens or an art mural in your downtown. So get involved in Community Match Fund project. If it's too ambitious to lead a project, then support one that's already happening in your town. They're all listed on our website under sustainablect.org. If you click on the funding button, you can see projects happening all over the state. We are really eager for any college students to become part of our fellowship program and the types of communities that they would like to live in and work in in the future in Connecticut. I just think it's so important. We hear about graduates from Connecticut universities leaving the state after they graduate, feeling unwelcome or not finding the types of cities and towns they like to live in. And we are changing that both with the nature of our cities and towns and making them more vibrant for young professionals and getting them engaged in the vision for the future and 
creating how our towns will change. And I, I would also say we'd love any input from businesses and uh, residents and community leaders about what makes communities vibrant. What other actions should we have on our roadmap that might not be there? We're adding a lot of new actions now. What other supports do our communities need? to help them become more vibrant, resilient, and inclusive. So our program is constantly evolving to meet the needs and be responsive to what's happening with COVIDism, COVID and racism, racial equity. Um, I quite like have, that, COVIDism. Yeah, there you go. Let's just combine them together. The, the, year, the year 2020 <laughs> is COVIDism. <laughs> and we'll be twitching about it. <laughs> <laughs> you need to copyright that now. Lynn, it's been an <laughs> absolute pleasure speaking to you today you're doing some outstanding work i'm really looking forward to exploring and finding out more about what you guys are getting up to that website once again is sustainablect.org check it out and you can also hear you speak at the conscious capitalism town hall that's coming up and you can check out that on the conscious capitalism website for connecticut lynn thank you so much for your time it's been a pleasure meeting you thank you claire likewise Thank you for taking the time to listen to the latest instalment of The Curious Capitalist. For more information, you can visit the website, connecticut.consciouscapitalism.org.